0: Welcome back to what do you want to watch the show hosted by myself, Nathan English and. Oh, sorry. I guess those are the
1: rules and I guess we do this every week. So I guess I am supposed to say my name. Um, now I'm David Dirks.
0: Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but that was interesting. David buffered for a second. Uh, it Kinda feels like, like it's the 49ers
1: buffered in overtime.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we he, he wasn't quite sure what to do. Hadn't had the rules explained to him, and kind of decided to make a, a costly decision to wait eight seconds there. So, anyway,
1: that's um, what I'm we're going to be
0: talking about. We're going to be talking about the Super Bowl. David spoiled it. It feels like it's been a month. Actually, it's been it's been a week and two days as of this recording since the Chiefs won their third Super Bowl in five years, their fourth Jeez. overall in franchise history. It was an amazing night, a historic night. That then some events later on, kind of. I don't want to say tarnish, but have changed maybe some perspectives on what happened on Sunday. But we are going to talk about the game itself. We will also, I'm sure, get into some of the things that happened at the parade as well. And then at the end, uh, shout out to, to one of our regular listeners, one of our only listeners, TJ, who gave us a recommendation for something to do at the end of every episode, which we're going to start doing now. So stick around for all of that. Kansas City Chiefs 25, the San Francisco 49ers 22. It is the second Super Bowl to ever go into overtime. It is a low-scoring affair. It was, in many ways, what we expected, in many ways, not what we expected. David, what was your reaction immediately following the game? You saw Hardman catch that that ball in the end zone. What happened next? Uh, I was pretty ecstatic now this is recency bias i'm gonna say this
1: and i may come back on this i might have been more ecstatic this year than i was last year Mm. and again that may be recency bias but i just feel like even in the super bowl game i just this whole year i'm like we're not gonna make it this year and that's fine like we just don't have the offense like um we're gonna have these off years where this happens and we can't expect the chiefs to win every year and i really was at peace with that we beat the dolphins okay everyone had that we beat the Bills. Okay, I mean that's actually a pretty good win in Orchard Park. We mm-hmm. beat the Ravens, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we're in the Super Bowl. I I think both of us were like, hey, we not, we're probably not going to make it to the Super Bowl this year, but that's okay. Like it just sucks that that we're not happy with it, but we just knew the reality of the situation. Right. And then we it find accepted it. Yeah, we find ourselves in OT against the Niners, and I kind of was saying this throughout the game. I I feel like I was more worried about, well, I said this before the game, actually, because I was kind of confident in this game. I had us winning by nine points um, Mm -hmm. pretty confidently. I was Mm -hmm. more worried about the Ravens game than I was the Niners game. Mm
0: -hmm. And it
1: took a quarter of this game to bring me back down to earth because I was like, okay, the Niners are good. Kyle Shanahan is a wizard Um, from the Andy Reid tree. He knows how to call an offense. Um, and so all that just kind of build up. Yeah. When they, when McCole caught that, I hesitated as a chiefs fan, I made sure there were no flags. Um, that's hurt me too many times. Uh, <laughs> and then I was just freaking out. I was like, I, there's no way we just did that. Like, I did not think we were going to do this. Like the last two months of the season, I was like, there's no way we, we do what we just did. And so, um, again, it could be recency bias. Maybe I, I'm trying to remember how I reacted against the Eagles. Um, but man, I was just like, how in the world did that just happen? So I, I was mm-hmm. pretty blown away.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I would say it was the same. Um I mean we we talked about it multiple times. I think that it was just something that I just did not have a lot of a lot of faith in the way that we um we just played throughout the whole season. It felt like our receivers were unreliable, our offense was just not getting together, Mahomes seemed to be making some uncharacteristic mistakes, kind of trying to force things. We'd have a couple of just bad like Games that I think if they go differently, our entire outlook on the season changes. Um, the Raiders loss was obviously the worst one. The Christmas Day loss, a game that I didn't even watch the second half of um, because I was so frustrated with how it we were playing. It might have been
1: the worst loss of Mahomes' career
0: at the Chiefs. Yeah. I think I mean, I, it, it's either that or the, the Titans loss. Um, and, and you know, if the Bills game goes differently, if the into the Packers game goes differently— If the end of the Eagles game goes differently, you're maybe looking at um, this team and you have some faith, you have some belief, but that's not what we had. And so going into the playoffs, I think we all expected them to beat the Dolphins just because of the, you know, we thought we were better than the Dolphins. We'd already beat the Dolphins before Mm -hmm. in the, in Germany in the regular season. And also it was just not, it was an environment perfect for the way that the chiefs were playing football, rely on your defense. It's really cold weather. We're going to try to use Pacheco who we didn't have and a lot of the games down the stretch, which I think really hurt them um, and run the ball. And the Dolphins just showed no interest in the first quarter. I knew that game was over. I wasn't really mm-hmm. worried about that. And we struggle one out against the bills where we just, you know, they keep throwing haymakers back and forth and Josh and, and Pat and Pat ends up winning. And then the Ravens like, Oh, that was just, we're just lucky. The Ravens forgot that they could run the football. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand what happened there. Um, But then we make it to the Super Bowl, and I'm feeling the exact same way as you. And I think the way that the first quarter went, it was a scoreless first quarter. This game was slow to start, very, very slow to start. Scoreless first quarter, you're feeling kind of confident because you're thinking, okay, well, maybe the offense can get this figured out. Obviously, what our defense is doing is working. I think the first drive, I was real nervous because McCaffrey is just doing whatever he wants. And then he fumbles. and. And you're thinking, okay, this, there we go, that's the momentum we need. Now them getting the ball first doesn't even matter. We get it out of half. We just stole a possession, and then we go four and out. I'm like, oh gosh, Here, here's our offense again. Like mm-hmm. they're striking again, and and it felt like that was going to be the constant throughout this game. And I, mean, I was they so worn out. I'm so worried about it, and then they go for an out, and then we have like for the first time in a long time, it's just a deep ball to McCall Harbin, Then he actually is able to track in the air. I thought it was going to be a pick the whole way. Get it, he and think are thinking he uh, like
1: did his weird like let up running, look around like he doesn't know where the ball is, but then he found it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, and I was like, okay, finally, finally, we have this, we have this momentum and. And then we fumble. And then it's just uncharacteristic from Pacheco, who just fumbles. And I think he was slightly off all night. And my dad was pointing this out when we were watching the game, and I agree with him. I love the way Pacheco runs. He runs great. He misses a lot of holes. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that – he just doesn't have as much patience. Um, he's such an aggressive runner that he just looks to be aggressive at all times. He is also young. It's his second year. But he he does not – he misses a lot of obvious holes. Um and I think that was definitely a problem because they had the opportunity to gash the 49ers more than they did. I mean, Pacheco had a fine game on the ground. He, didn't, he, he wasn't terrible, but if you're looking at it, I mean, he was not the leading rusher. It was Pat, 18 carries for 59 yards, a 3.3 average, and his long was 10. Like, it just, that wasn't the game you thought and you needed from him. And they score on the stupid trick play. And yep. now you're like, oh my gosh! So they already kicked a field goal before that. We we forced them into a field goal. That's fine. You, everybody says it, and I think it's still true. You don't you don't beat the Chiefs kicking field goals. Yeah. But that trick play, you're thinking this is so easy to defend. Like, come on, just get to the other side. You know exactly where it's going. Like it, and our defense even kind of played it well. Bolton just, almost had
1: almost was there. Bolton but almost had it barely. and yeah. got
0: barely chipped and doesn't get there. McCaffrey scores. And I think you and I have two different philosophies on this. Whenever the Chiefs get scored on with a trick play, you're, and you're more of an optimist than I am. Your first um, statement is always, well, they have to use trick plays to score on us. That means our defense is playing really well. My first instinct is to go, okay, that stupid trick play worked on us. What else is going to work on us tonight?
1: I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You actually, you know what's interesting though? Uh, NFL Films released audio. And apparently Steve, after that drive, Spags went up to Chris and he said they had to score on us with a trick play. And Chris said, I know what you mean, coach. Let's go. And they Mm -hmm. like high five and stuff. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, "Okay, so they must feel that way, too, then, and whether it's reasonable or not. You know what I mean? It obviously gave them confidence because, I mean, let's look at the rest of the drives. (laughs) I mean, they mm -hmm. really didn't do anything the rest of the game besides kind of the last couple drives where we kind of seemed to be trading blows there
0: right but it, is, it right. is
1: interesting how we have those different <laughs> reactions
0: and and uh, i mean i i think i was it, you could look at any of the texts i was sending during the, especially the second half of this game i was negative the whole way i'm just a pessimist that's what i am about the chiefs i, I don't i think I at don't one point know you why. texted
1: we're done yeah <laughs> it like, oh we're. it
0: definitely did but you know what saved us and and what i mean it you can give Mahomes credit because he did come alive in the second half. You can give the defense obvious credit because this, this uh, San Francisco team needed five quarters. They needed five quarters to score over 20 points on the chiefs. Now this, you can't say enough about this defense, the way they ratchet down in the playoffs oh, and just man. smother people. But I think the real person and, and a lot of people have talked about this, the real MVP of maybe this season, but definitely this game is Harrison Bucker. Hmm. Harrison Bucker had one of the greatest seasons a kicker has ever had. He was 44 for 46 this season on field goals, and he did not miss a field goal over 50 yards. That's crazy. Like, you can trust him to do anything. I mean, the 57-yarder that he hit in the third quarter that he had to, like, it was a high snap, great job by Townsend to get that ball down as quick as possible. And then it still gets tipped. He has to just knuckleball it and just kick it as hard as he can, in low. And it's barely it barely sails over the crossbar. How
1: confident were you? Weirdly, I was like, I think he can hit this. I was more I worried too. about someone like blocking it, like a blown assignment on the blocking, than him actually like shanking it or yeah. something. Yeah, That's absolutely. That's absolutely.
0: Crazy. I was so confident in him because all year, and he's struggled with easier kicks in the past. That has been the one like weakness Harrison Bucker has had is sometimes. He has extra point gaffes, or he has the shorter field goals, the thirty and in, where you're like Harrison, what are you doing? How do you miss this? And you were hitting the sixty yarder. But what he what he does and what he can do is he just he's clutch. He's one of the most clutch kickers of all time. I mean, you look at the Chiefs playoff wins; a lot of them are Harrison Bucker in the end yeah. kicking a big field goal. Well, the last two Super Bowl. Well, I guess I mean
1: if you want to count overtime, sending it to overtime, like yeah, sending it, sending it to overtime year, or you know? winning it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, He's just he's such a clutch kicker. He had one of the greatest seasons of a kicker of all time. And I think he wasn't
1: all pro, which blows me away.
0: No. And he's got he's not going to be the story because one, Justin Tucker's just more notorious. And also he's a fantastic kicker as well. And and it's not taking anything away from Justin Tucker. But two, he's just never going to get credit. It's like it's the same, it's when you play on the same team as Patrick Mahomes, like the defense doesn't get enough credit. The special teams doesn't get enough credit. I mean, we have the fumble recovery, which was a gaffe by um, the 49ers on that muff punt, but th- they blocked an extra point. That was, that was the difference. And you can say, oh, okay, well, if you actually, like, if Mahomes needs to get six at the end of the game instead of a field goal, they play that differently and he gets it. You can say that. And I, I do believe that, but they didn't have to. They weren't put in that position because we blocked a kick. You know, it's just, this was a complete team win. This was just, I I think I was more encouraged coming out of this game, and I I felt better about this win than I did about the one against the Eagles. Also, because it didn't come down to a holding call that you could say was a hole, but like it feels less. Pretty clean game. Yeah, this game was very clean, I would say. And there's obviously going to be some complaining about whether they didn't call holds on the Chiefs and things things of that nature. But the refs I thought refed a, a playoff game about as good as it possibly could. Yeah. I, so. I'd
1: agree. Yeah, it was um I I wanna ask you because I think the whole discussion, I feel like this whole week, and it was probably the Chiefs offense, but I, I argue I would argue that like the whole week it was like leading up, can this Chiefs defense stop all these just the gauntlet of weapons and will Brock Purdy have a field day? At what point in this game were you like this defense will be fine. We just need the offense. Like, at what drive do you feel like that was – if that ever happened to you, where, like, okay, the defense has got it. The offense just needs to get something.
0: I think it was when we came out in the second half and Mahomes threw a pick on the first drive. Mm. And I thought, oh, gosh, we're done. Like, throws the pick. We were already, like, really needing the, like, you know, handcuff with the score on the first drive and then score on the second. Like – Score on the first drive of the second half, score at the end, score at the beginning. We really needed that. I felt like we really needed that momentum. Mahomes is frustrated running out of the pocket and just it's a bad throw. Like yeah. Tony tried to talk talk around it and like say what he thought Mahomes was seeing, and he did see Travis Kelsey open. he just sailed it. I mean, there's no he sailed the pass. It happens. He did. And I thought, oh no, we're done. Like they're going to score on this, And the defense was like, no, they're not scoring they're just not doing anything with this ball three
1: plays or sorry they've three plays negative one yard 59 yeah. second drive yeah i mean the it defense
0: was, was like no we'll smother you you're not doing anything with this this isn't gonna hurt us so then that's kind of when you knew once that when the defense I was like, made that oh. stop
1: there you're like okay
0: i was like okay yeah d's got it yeah and then i think you always have the fear at the end of the game um which i expressed like very loudly with that the forcing the field goal at the end was so important. It, it was such, such a like great blitz call by spags, but you think like, Oh, this, they're just going to run out of the clock. They get this first down. They can just run the clock down and then kick a field goal. And we have no recourse. Like that's the worst feeling as a fan is you're just sitting there watching another team bleed clock on you. And there's nothing you could do about it. Yeah. And I felt like that was going to happen. But again, the defense when they needed to, They came up with a stop.
1: Really, the only point in this game I thought we were done was that drive. They were up 19 to 16. And they start the ball, they start the drive with 546 left, which is still a decent amount of time. Um and then like it's second and one. I'm just going to a random second and one, McCaffrey, three-yard run. First down. On first and ten, McCaffrey, five-yard run. Again, it's second and five. And then the two-minute warning hits, I'm just like. Man, we're just not stopping them. But um, they do a short pass to Kittle, which Nick uh, McDuffie just completely just annihilates them. Um, and then they pass it again, and it's incomplete to Jennings. Um, so they do back-to-back passes there. We're, man, it's just interesting. It's this is a whole other conversation, but it really just doesn't take much against this Chiefs team. For someone at the play caller, the opposing team just to make one little mistake and get a little impatient, because um, if I'm the Niners, I'm running the, I'm not throwing it two times in a row on second and third and five. I'm running it McCaffrey, McCaffrey. Like mm-hmm. even if we have, I know we had like seven guys in the box at one point with one single high safety, so it's tempting to pass it. It's McCaffrey, dude, and so that that helped us them throwing it, and of course the clock stops, uh, and and they're good to go. They drove down fairly easy. I, I actually at one point. I was like, they may score a touchdown because it was kind of, I think it was like third and long. And isn't that when Kelsey had like that? Yeah, on third and seven, he had a 22 yard pass. That's and catch a, yeah, he just, down the, to classic, the, 11.
0: the classic crossing route, he just comes over the middle. If, if he yeah. gets a little bit more of a chip block on the outside, he's not getting tackled. And yep. the DB, credit to the 49ers DB, who separated his shoulder tackling Travis. Yeah. He just had to hit him as hard as he possibly could to try to shove him out, and he did it.
1: Yeah, he did it, and all of a sudden, there's 16 seconds left, but now we're at the 11. I'm like, okay, I know like Reed is usually pretty t- conservative with this, but they may try to score, and they took a shot to Kelsey, um, which I'm not mad at Mahomes on that. Rasheed Rice was wide open, but man, Creed has had an issue snapping, specifically in the playoffs even, and so Kelsey, Mahomes had to look down. You know, his eyes came off the defense, and he – You'd have to think he saw he would have seen Rasheed if that was a nice snap because he'd have had time to get his reads, you know. But either way, they took a shot, didn't work. Budger hit it, and then we all know what happened in overtime. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, just really an, an incredible game. I was talking to non cheese fans, and I was obviously like, to me, that's one of the better Super Bowls I've ever watched. I'm obviously biased, and uh, I asked them kind of what they thought. And one, like one's a Vikings fan, the other a Patriots fan, and they're both like that.
0: Was a very very good
1: Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, Anytime you so. get
0: one that goes into overtime, it's always going to be good. I think that's that's why it's kind of like if if the Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl doesn't end the way that it does, I think people think about it differently. But the holding call and then us just running out the clock and kicking the field goal don't not going to apologize. Won a Super Bowl, but like that wasn't yeah. as exciting as this. And then you just you just felt it. You felt it on the last drive when Mahomes gets the football. He, he was perfect. He he was literally perfect. On that drive, he made every decision he needed to make. Andy waiting until the Super Bowl to pull out an actual just read option where Mahomes is the runner. Mm. Like it was the it was the Ravens But Lamar Jackson was probably doing the Leonardo DiCaprio meme when he was hey whoa pointing at yeah. the screen because that's exactly the play the Ravens run all the time, and it worked perfectly. And he and then scrambled again. It, the first time he scrambled and he ran into the two guys and he got a little contact and he was a little mad. I was like, okay, this is it. Like he's, he's I going to score yeah. there
1: when he went up the middle. I'm like, he's going to score. And he even said that he's like, I kind of to score. And every time I think that <laughs> I then get smoked from behind or something, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he, he, and as soon as we crossed the 50, you're like, we're going for the touchdown. Like, this is like, this is it. And he continues to just make plays. He made all the throws he needed to play. It was a perfect um, completion percentage on mm-hmm. the last drive. And I, I thought Travis was going to get in and he didn't. And yeah. then, then McColl's wide open on the exact same play. We ran against the Eagles twice in that Super Bowl,
1: And I'm not so sure. I don't know if they've run that. I literally think they, they save that. And, uh, it's really, it's, I, you look, you look at the breakdown of the play and you're like, you guys got, you get, we guys get stumped over that play. Like, it's just, I mean, it's, I know it's not that easy. It's an oversimplification, but you're so
0: worried about everything else that you're not thinking about McColl. Yeah. That's what he's doing. I mean, did you see the highlight of him?
1: I don't even, I'm gonna guard Kelsey. McCall Hartman, are you kidding me? And, yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you see the highlight of, uh, I think it was the first touchdown um, to MVS when Travis takes two defenders with him? And as soon as he saw the second guy go with him, he just started pointing. And are he's you like, this is a touchdown. He yeah. He just started pointing because he's like, I got him. And he was celebrating because he got both of them. Travis, uh, one receiving yard in the first half, came back in the second half, had a fantastic game. Half. Um, what
1: was he at? I mean, nine receptions wow. for
0: 93 yards, 10 targets. Here's a here's thing I never want to hear again. And you can do the, well, he blocks more and he has to help out with the O-line. George Kittle, two receptions for four yards, three <laughs> targets. Shut up. If you ever compare George Kittle to Travis Kelsey again, shut up. He's not yeah. close. He's not. I don't want to hear it. And I don't want to hear that he has to block more. That's fine. He, yes, George Kittle's a better blocker. You know what Travis Kelsey does? Shows up in big moments, okay? George Kittle had one good catch in that game that got them a first down. Yep. Travis Kelsey had almost 100 receiving yards after having one in the first half. He shows up. He shows up in big moments. He shows up in the playoffs. I'm tired of hearing, and I'm tired of everybody making excuses for George Kittle, like Gronk didn't block too. You know, he does not have the production. And once again, he got like... and. I don't know. I I know that he's not trying to get injured. It's not his fault, but he got hurt again and had to be out on their last drive.
1: Yeah. Before the game, you know, Instagram, Twitter, they all do these polls of like big moment. You got two weeks to fill, so they're asking who, what tight end would you rather have? And I am confident this is just because people despise the chief, not Chiefs, not because they actually believe this, but like sixty three percent of the polls had George Kittle rather than having Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. and it just it made me laugh because I'm like, I mean. You're right. He's a better blocker. You can have the better blocking tight ends. And I'll have the one that's had eight 1,000 yard receiving seasons in a row and that's helped us get three Super Bowls. Set the record
0: for most touchdowns and is close to the most yards in the playoffs. Yeah. You
1: have the better blocker. Congrats. You can have that. We'll have the better every other thing, you know? So it's just funny to me.
0: Did you see that? uh, That's another
1: NFL Films moment. On that moment, there were two fumbles, right? The Niners fumbled twice.
0: Um, I think it, no, it was the McCaffrey, if you're talking about when he's talking to Carl Loftus, it's the McCaffrey. He says, fumble. Hey
1: George, as McCaffrey fumbles it and George like is not paying attention and, and he, yeah. he releases Car- his block and George just j- drives on the ball, on the ball. Carl Loftus just
0: stove on it. Yeah. It's like, Kittle, you're talking mid play, bro. And the, your teammate just fumbled behind you. you gotta- yeah. In the Super Bowl, I don't yeah. know. I don't, and I don't, I think it's the, just the people put them against each other to make like, obviously that's what we do in, in. It's what everybody wants to do. They want to create narratives. They want to have a competition. They want to have an argument. They want to have a debate topic, and that's what people are doing when they put Kittle and Kelsey. And I don't think Kittle does that intentionally. I don't think Kelsey does that. But yeah. I just don't yeah. want to hear it anymore. Like if yeah. you leave that game and you you start your sentence with, "Well, Kittle has to help out the O line." Okay, okay, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, he has to chip. So does almost every other tight end in the league. And he's yeah, it, like I, he's not better than Travis, and I don't care. And the no. and the. I think this game also exposed, and he's an amazing player. Trent Williams did not play well. Trent Williams got blown up multiple times. Bro, did and you
1: see some of those plays? Yeah, he, he looked Pannell? old.
0: This is the first time Trent Williams looked old to me. Dude. And he was their only bright spot on that offensive line. A lot of people just assume the 49ers had a good offensive line because they had Trent Williams. When the rest of their line was pretty weak, and they got exposed.
1: I was I was impressed. It it's funny. I think I tweeted this um but like Mike Pinnell did it. I don't even remember the name of the other um guy that did it, but Brian Baldinger on Twitter, he breaks down like different f- like moments from the game and and mm-hmm. you know, breaks down the play. And uh he was talking about how the O-line and CMC kind of got stuffed for much, much of the day. And I tweeted the best tackle in football got absolutely stuffed against guys. I haven't even heard of, um, because you know, I I heard of Mike Pinnell, but then it was like Malik Herring or something Herring. Like I hadn't heard of these D Mm linemen and like these guys engage on Trent Williams and just stand him up and just stand their ground. Their feet don't move at all. And then obviously the hole is blocked because they didn't get pushed left or right. Like Trent's trying to do. I was just blown away by the, the effort of the D line and, it, I just thought it was funny that, like, guys I haven't even heard of as an avid cheese fan were, like, having pretty good success against Trent. So, mm-hmm. um, that's what you want. Maybe that's not even against Trent, but more of a praise on the cheese players of, like, they showed up, man. Every, every little person showed up. Justin Reed? Oh, my goodness, dude. He was hunting down McCaffrey and mm-hmm. flying around all night. Like,
0: I was and- just blown away by every little player on this team. And Sneed played well. The I think the standout and the guy that you just gotta be so excited about in the future is the Chiefs is Trent McDuffie.
1: Oh my god.
0: No, there's no better DB blitzer in the league. I will argue that. But that I just keep thinking of that long pass to Debo. That's a touchdown. If Trent doesn't time it perfectly, jumps up and just extends with one arm and swats the ball away. Like it's a perfect pass from Brock Purdy, yeah. who I think yeah. we should also talk about. But Trent McDuffie I was just really excited that we have him. I mean, we have him on his rookie deal, and we're going to have him on his rookie deal for two more years. Um, yeah. And he's just – Veach constructed this defense exactly the way that he wants it to. He, he looked, yep. he responded to the criticisms and the, the weaknesses that we had, and he traded – a major asset on the offense to get shore up the offensive line. And then he said, here's what we need to do for the defense. We need to get guys that work in Spag system, guys who can play off position, guys who are quick guys who can blitz, um, guys who are able to stay on an Island and lock down their assignments if they have to. And that's what he did. And he's got, he's got two players like that.
1: Yes. McDuffie, which as a cornerback, this is kind of crazy. He had three tackles, three passes deflected, or defended, I don't know what exactly that the D means there, mm-hmm. and then two quarterback hits. Mm-hmm. And so I, I almost kind of feel bad for him. I feel like the all-pro came out, and people were more mad that Snead didn't get it than they were happy that McDuffie got it. And so maybe that's not true. That's just kind of even how I felt. I realized I was more upset that Snead didn't get it than McDuffie getting it. um, And, you know, I apologize, because this playoffs, he was just lights so out. Good. He played so well, and I'm excited. So I'm happy that he's going to be here. Uh, The Chiefs had 11 quarterback hits that game, which is I'm just not seeing, which is insane. Mm -hmm. Um, That's crazy. Um, We're kind of already in it, Nathan, with individual players. Is there anybody else, like defensively or offensively, that you think deserves talking about?
0: This was another Chris Jones doesn't have a sack, but still has a masterclass game. Mm, Um, He he wrecked the last drive in overtime. He continues to just he just causes problems when he has to, and he knows the exact right time to do it. He has two tackles um, in the game. So you're looking at the stat sheet and you're thinking that Chris Jones didn't really do much, but he clogs the lane when he has to, he gets pressure on the quarterback when he needs to, you know, his gets his hands up. He's in passing lanes. He takes on the double teams to get Carl Loftus, you know, another, another shot. And he loves that. He loves doing that. He He just is exactly what the team needs in the trenches. And so that's the problem. We're going to be faced with a real problem here. Um, And it's what to do with both the Sneed and Chris Jones contract in the Mm -hmm. same offseason coming up. They've already talked about it. They did some formality with the extension for Chris just so he could get the incentives and they would retain the right to tag him if they wanted to. They're not going to tag him because the tag is a $30 million hit which is incredibly high for a franchise tag. They're probably going to try to tag Snead, who I don't think is going to like that. Um, Because Snead actually went on the Kay Adams show and said, like, pay me directly to Brett Beach, which, yeah, fair enough. I mean, he played really well. He he deserves to get paid. Mm -hmm. But these are two crucial guys that are coming up right now. It's, It's fun to just enjoy it, you know, just enjoy what the Super Bowl is. But those guys were Paramount to the Chiefs' success in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs, and as a whole on the defensive end this season. And I think yeah. it's really important that you have both of them coming back. I am mean, Chris Jones is what an all pro the last three years, and like one of the three best defensive linemen in the league, interior defensive linemen in the league. Like, he's got to be yeah. a guy that you want to keep around. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just. Who do, not who you want, who do you think the Chiefs are more likely to keep? Now, I should put a disclaimer. Veach publicly said our number one and number two priority are keeping Snead and Jones. Publicly, he said that. So it sounds like they're definitely going to do everything they can to keep them both uh, on the team. But if they can't keep both, who do you think the Chiefs are more likely that, to keep around? I think Chris. Yeah. Um,
0: I think Chris has given up a maybe not giving up leverage is the right word. He openly has said that he wants to come back and like he wants to stay and he wants to do yeah. anything he can to stay. I think that he will probably be willing to take a, take a little bit less money to do that. Um, and I think he also has the experience from last season of the holdout, not really going the way that he had hoped Yeah, and um, that he wanted to be back and he really loves this team. I just think it's more likely... I think they're more likely to see Snead as a more replaceable asset than Chris Jones at this point. Yeah. Chris Jones, it's keep in mind, Chris Jones has been the best player, best defensive player. You could have arguments this year, I guess. Best defensive player on this team in for every Super Bowl win and has been crucial in each one of those games. I think you have to... It, it, and it is about the future in pro sports and about projecting, but I also think you just have to kind of reward that. It's like a thank you. Like, I mean, he, he did. He, he came up when he needed to. And yes, the defense wasn't great for the first one, except they did. They, they buckled down in the fourth quarter of that first Super Bowl against the 49ers and held them scoreless. And then the second half of that game against the Eagles, they did the same thing. And They did it, obviously, pretty much the whole game this last time. And Chris Jones is the leader of that defense and is the one that controls the flow. And so I think they're more likely to see Snead as replaceable. Um, Also, because they have McDuffie. I think that that changes it too. Like, and it's not Snead's fault, but there's an all-pro on the other side. You know, there's a guy, we already have a number one corner who's just the number two guy because we have Mm Snead. It's, it'd be it's like, great it's to keep like, Sneed around, but
1: it's almost like we can be willing to lose Sneed when we have Justin Reed and McDuffie and Brian Cook coming back. But if we have, if we lose Chris, that D line pa- maybe pa- Pan- solid pa- and Pan- and Pan- is an ass.
0: Penel's good, but yeah, I don't think you replace or, the. Chris is so smart. You don't, I don't think you replace the leadership from Chris. He's clearly like the guy on the defense. But he just he just knows how to play. He knows his body perfectly. Like he, kn- yeah. people are always like he's sandbagging in the first half, and I don't think he is. He's just like I know when it matters. I know yeah. I have to be ready for that overtime drive that I get a huge rush. I know I have to do that. And he does.
1: Yeah, I know. Yesterday, or it might have been the day before. Um, they, I'm trying to find the the tweet because it's weird. Ter- it's always weird terminology. But essentially, okay, the Chiefs picked up the option on Chris Jones' contract. Paying him four point two million dollars in its incentives and giving them the right to tag him, so I, I kind of get the vibe they're gonna tag Chris Jones and keep it's, him it's one more big, year. It's and such he's a big
0: cap hit, though. It's thirty million dollars to tag him, which is way above. Wow, what that it just be the keeps going need. up, doesn't it? I feel well, like and it's that- it's something I don't know exactly how it's calculated. It's something about previous earnings. And also like years with the team that makes the tag more. Um, so his tag is way higher than it would be to tag Sneed. I think Snead would be But I'd rather a us lot...
1: extend Sneed do a multi year contract. Right. So I think, you know what I mean. I
0: think tagging Sneed may cause problems in the future where Snead's gonna look at that and be like, I was valuable enough to tag, just so you could keep me, but I wasn't valuable enough to extend. And that might create some animosity there, which would be understandable. But I just don't think they tag Chris because it's just so much money to do in one season. And Mahomes can restructure and free up more cap, but I think that cap is going to be used to get a wide receiver. Yeah. That's that's what it seems. Um, yeah. not that we need do we need one? <laughs> I mean, all year we were talking about how we desperately need more like more wide receivers and you know who catches the yeah. touchdowns at the end of the season? McCole Harvin, who we got for a a sixth round pick, and MVS, who we were all complaining about the whole year because he couldn't do anything, and he shows up when it matters.
1: I I don't know if it's sustainable.
0: No, it's probably not. And I
1: just maybe even if it is, I just like I don't know if I want to put Mahomes through that (laughs) for the rest of his career. Like, let's help Mm. him out as much as we can, you know.
0: Well, Um, and they need they need to focus. I think they got a draft though, because you are going to need to replace Travis. Yeah, Like, I'm not saying it's happening this year. All indications are that he's coming back and that he really wants to keep playing football despite what everybody, I think, is around the league is hoping that he'll just run off into the the sunset with, with Taylor Swift, which he's more than welcome to do if that's what he wants. But I don't think that's what he wants to do. Not that he doesn't love Taylor Swift, but I think he loves playing football too.
1: Yeah, he's made no indication that he's ready to retire.
0: But we absolutely are going to have, he he's going to have to be replaceable. It, he, and I think it was really evident when they decided to trade Tyreek because they felt comfortable doing that because they had Travis still. When yeah. Travis is gone, like, I love Rasheed Rice, but we gotta ha- we're going to have to have another guy. There's going to have to be two guys to replace Travis. Two guys production Rice to, pr- to replace one Travis Kelsey.
1: Yeah. So. And fortunately, I'm, this isn't my own opinion, I'm just like some draft guys that are, talking about this up and coming draft saying it's one of the deeper receiver drafts that we've had in a very long time, mm. which is perfect timing for Kansas city who doesn't mm-hmm. have a high draft pick. Um, so they might be able to, you know, get another young receiver. Um, and then even like a late round, like how funny, how awesome would it be if like next year they got three guys that are starting receivers, but they're all in their rookie contracts, you mm-hmm. know, like that's, that's kind of what the defense has turned into. Like that's kind of what it was. All these young players, and it's, it was the youngest defense in Super Bowl. I want to say it was either the youngest or second youngest defense to start in Super Bowl history. Um, and I, th- I know it was the youngest defense, like of the, of all the teams in the playoffs. And so, who's to say that they can't do that with the other side of that of the ball? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it, it's been impressive, and you know, it, Chiefs have one of the youngest teams. Um, Reed and Mahomes and Kelsey are, aren't going anywhere, uh, as far as we know, anytime soon. So, if you're a Chiefs fan, though, obviously there, there's reason to be grateful because you just wanted back to back Super Bowls. But, like, there's no really indication that this is going away anytime soon. Um, so, that's, you know, that has to be really relaxing and, and nice if you're Mizzou. Obviously, if you're a, a rival of the team or really any other NFL team, you kind of have to be dreading that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I, I, think that there's a lot to look forward to in the future of this team. And I think that this this was, once again, we we talked about this. This is the one we weren't supposed to win. Yeah. We're not supposed to win the Super Bowl. This was our this down year. This was like year. the off
1: year. Yeah. This
0: was the year we weren't supposed to win. And then it wasn't just people on the outside saying that. It was everybody saying that. I mean, it's not the players, not the organization, but it was Chiefs fans. We were all saying that too. Um, David, would you like to just get to the crazy Pat Mahomes stuff now? Sure, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so Pat Mahomes has played in 18 playoff games. He has thrown for 5100 yards, 41 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions in those 18 playoff games. He has already really
1: an MVP season.
0: He's already top 3 all-time in playoff wins. He is now tied um Oh, what are the quarterbacks he's tied? He moved up, obviously, in Super Bowl wins as a QB. I think he's are you talking about playoff I think wins.
1: tied with Montana.
0: I think he's tied with Montana in playoff wins. I think he's third all time in Super Bowl wins, tied for third all time in Super Bowl wins behind Montana and obviously Brady. Yeah, and. It's just it, you can say all of these stats are in many ways just backdoor compliments to Tom Brady because you look and you're like, oh, everybody else is in the teens, and then Tom Brady has like 33 playoff wins. But yeah, Mahomes is is on pace to do it, um, to to match Brady. Now being on pace and keeping that pace up is is easier said than done. That's like being on pace to run a four minute mile, but you've only run one lap. You know, it's it's not guaranteed um, that he's going to to do that but i i mean last year i think we were all pretty set with the we don't want to hear about any other quarterback being close to pat in the league if that's not proven by this year (laughs) then i don't if you're sincerely arguing (laughs) for another qb over patrick mahomes it's just it's time to stop listening. And I get if you want to be a fan of your guy, because Pat is my guy. He plays for my team, but he's he's objectively the best quarterback in the league, any metrics wise. He had a, he had a down year, and then on the playoffs, he just flipped the switch, turned it on, Insane. and once again leads the team on a long game-winning drive to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, he. Like, I don't.
1: He accounted for 69 of the 75 yards in that final Super Bowl drive. Like, I, I get other people wanting him to – someone else to be MVP. But that drive alone, it was just like Mahomes willed that team down the field to win the game. And so it's like, yeah, that, give it to him. You know what I mean? And it's interesting. Like, Coward talked about this a little bit. It looks like literally like the, even the Super Bowl, the first three quarters, it looks like Mahomes is just processing what he's seen and taking in information and trying this, trying that. And that just feels like like in that fourth quarter – It's like, okay, you know, everything's loaded onto the flash drive. Now let's use what's best, best gonna work. And he just boom, 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 picks apart. Like it's like the first Mm -hmm. quarter and it's a scripted play. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was an interesting, like, way to look at that because I kind of see that, like, for some reason, like at some point in that end of that game, he just like flips a switch and he's like, all right, I know what's gonna work and I know what we can do to succeed. And he does it, drives down the field, ties the game, send it overtime, and then eight for eight uh, for a 75 yard play drive. 75 yard uh, drive and uh, and they win the Super Bowl. So it's just cool to see that it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Do you have any more stats uh, from Mahomes that kind of got in the way there?
0: No, you're good. I'm now just looking at the playoff QB stats all time. So he is third to Joe Montana. He has 15 wins in 18 games. Joe Montana has 16 and 23. So next playoff win, he's going to tie Joe Montana. He has more playoff wins than Peyton Manning, Steve Young, John Elway, Terry Bradshaw. Um, he is already um, among if you. If you sort he's already in the top um ten in playoff yards um with a quarterback, he is let me see here. He's actually kind of low on one. Well, he's not low. He's oh, never mind. He's fifth all time playoff touchdowns for a quarterback. Everybody else above him has played more games than him, obviously. Um, and his quarterback rating is second highest um, on this list. And this is only the top 20 quarterbacks with win stats all time. So there's probably guys with higher QB ratings who play less games. But minimum 10 games, he has the second highest behind Jeff Rutledge, um, who shouldn't even count because he had one pass. So for actual starting quarterbacks, Mahomes has the highest quarterback rating of any any playoff QB minimum wow. 10 starts.
1: It just he had literally one even like not even turnover he had one turnover worthy play that entire playoff run and it was the pick and they were talking about that before the super bowl like i think it made his pff again take that as you will like he had zero turnover worthy plays as well as zero turnovers and mm-hmm. this year maybe he understood that he needed to do th- needed to do this but like he just locked in and he's like y- you you will not get a mistake out of me you're going to have to beat me another way and that's really just how that works.
0: Um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that's just that's crazy. That's crazy this, to see. This is this is not about Tom Brady, but I'm just going to read you the insane Tom Brady stat line for um playoffs. He's play he's 35 and 13 all-time in the playoffs. 1200 completions, 62.5% completion percentage for 13,400 yards and 88 touchdowns and 40 picks. His touchdown to interception ratio is not as not as nice as you'd like it to be. Mm-mm. But I he's just that's ridiculous. Having 1200 completions in the playoffs is it, it's, it's that's yeah, is is insane. It's crazy. That's wild. He's he has played the equivalent of 3 Full. He's he's played the equivalent of three full seasons in the playoffs in his career. Wow, and he played for twenty seasons. So he's he wow. played for like, I mean, he's getting close to twenty four, twenty five seasons fully. It's, it's insane. insane. Yeah, Brady's I think he's crazy.
1: The, the, the stat for me, and I know I'm I, me not saying seven Super Bowls is kind of funny, um but the stat for me that shows how great Brady was was seeing the playoff wins. It's like, ooh, Mahomes is like fourteen. Or he's fifteen now. He's tied for like second all time. What's Brady at? Oh, Brady's at thirty six. Like he's like like double second and third place. And it, yeah, I, you know the Super Bowls is just crazy. I'm not saying it's not, but that style is like wow. Brady really was just a maniac, and even in the playoffs, like thirty six wins, more than double second place. Like that's crazy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Question: The Patriots twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen run. Um, based on what I've heard, is considered one of the greatest like runs by an NFL team ever. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I have that for you real quick. 2014 okay. to 2018, they won five division titles, five for five, five conference championships, four Super Bowl appearances, and won three Super Bowls. Playoffs okay. there, 12 and 2. Um, and I, I could be wrong, but based on my understanding what I've heard, that's considered one of the Best like dynasty yeah, runs in NFL it's, history. It's it's like
0: Brady's second half. He came alive again, and yeah, and that's his other Hall of Fame career.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to read you what the Chiefs have done from 2019 to
0: 2023. So, uh, the
1: 2019 season winning the first Super Bowl to this year, five division titles, okay, five conference championship appearances, four Super Bowl appearances, three Super Bowl wins. Yeah. They're 14 and two in the playoffs. So that. Tells me well with the extra game, l- one Super less by game, yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. So uh, that's the same. Those are the, the numbers are identical, except Chiefs have two more playoff wins. Uh, yeah. and then overall record, Chiefs have three more wins 77 and 22, Patriots 74 and 20. Um,
0: like is that too far to say it's this is one of like the greatest runs in NFL history are we biased in that no, or is that No, I think I mean it's a it's a clear dynasty run. Nobody's gone back-to-back back since the the Patriots did um in the early 2000s and it happened before then in the in the 90s. Um, like six times ever or something like that. Yeah. And so obviously that puts you in a different echelon. And then three and five, you're officially a dynasty. I think if you don't think this is one of the greatest runs of all time by a team, again, you don't have to like it. I, rem- I hated the Patriots. Like I get why people don't like us. It's, yeah. it's yeah. not shocking. And I keep saying us like I'm on the freaking team. I get why people don't like the Chiefs. It, it's not shocking, you know. Um, when your team loses at the expense of another team over and over again or when you never get to see success and you get to see other people who are fans having that success, you're going to hate that team. And I and I understand it. It makes sense. Um, but yeah, I think I think undisputedly that's one of the greatest runs in in um, NFL history for a team. And it's that's just again, crazy it's, to me. it's I mean, it's not over. We have to see what happens next season. But it, this was the off year. Like, they can't say that enough. That like this was the year when I had no belief. That we were yeah. gonna make, if we're in a Super Bowl. I did not. I thought we were. I thought we were gonna w- make it to the divisional round of the playoffs and lose Same. to the Bills. Same. I, I and we were did. like,
1: we were disappointed, but we were almost at peace with it. We're like, okay, we, we kind of expecting this. Like, we're gonna be disappointed, but we're not gonna be like heartbroken just because that's just what this, uh, what this has looked like. And it's crazy. And I, again, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. It's important to enjoy this. Um. Patriots, the Brady Brady and the Patriots had a ten year stretch where they did not win a Super Bowl. Right, they won in two thousand four, and then it went again until twenty fourteen. I I am thinking and processing, and I just don't see how the Chiefs go ten years now without winning again, like the Patriots not. did. Now maybe they are saying the same thing because they had just won back to back. Um, but just with how young this team is. And I, 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 I how Mahomes to, is.
0: I'd have no, but, to look at why they maybe, you know, missed out. I mean, I think it was a team, combination but... of things. They they at their defense, I think a lot of those early guys on the like the first Patriots teams were starting to retire. And um so that kind of played a factor into it. I think that there were there was at least one year that was completely lost to injury for Tom Brady when he tours ACL. Um and so I, you know that's it kind of hurts, and they were shuffling around. Um, but you have to remember that in that stretch where they didn't win for 10 years, they lost twice. They made it to the Super Bowl. They lost wow, twice. That's true. They now lost they to, to the, the Giants, Giants both times. two times. Yeah, 20, and they, yeah. they lost, and they are considered one of the greatest teams ever, and the greatest team to never win a Super Bowl. They went 19-0 and and then lost in the Super Bowl, 19-1. Like, true. The, I mean, they're... It's not like there's, they missed the playoffs
1: 10 years in a row. you know. Right,
0: right. I think there's an idea where you're like, oh, they didn't win a Super Bowl for 10 years. But it's not like they weren't there. Like They were always there. Yeah. They were still in the mix every time. It's just, you know, Peyton got one, and Roethlisberger, that was when those, like right after they won the Super Bowl was when the Steelers teams got really good um, defensively. Roethlisberger in the first Super Bowl was, not, he got carried. He was a couch potato that got carried. But <laughs>
1: yeah, it looks like yeah.
0: And Rodgers gets one, and Breeze gets one, yeah, and Manning yeah. gets one. So you're talking about these other like all-time great quarterbacks are finally getting one. They finally have a gap to get one. That's and true. Then, and then Tom comes back again and does the same thing. And that could is, happen. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but, man, it must suck to be in the AFC. You know, like... <laughs> Patriots. You, you ju- yeah, you get done. You're like, oh, thank God. Tom Brady is out of here. Like Belichick's on a downhill slope. We're done with this crap. Well, here comes Patrick Mahomes, a guy who was traded up for in the draft. Uh, the, the Bills, the Bills made that trade just to remind everybody: yeah. the Bills are the reason we have Patrick Mahomes, and didn't even start his first year, and there wasn't a whole lot of belief in him. And he's, you know, he's a gunslinger who couldn't take care of the football, and and now this guy is the second greatest quarterback of all time.
1: Yeah, literally in 2018, the Patriots. Win the Super Bowl, beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship, Mahomes' first full starting year, 2018. They beat, they win the Super Bowl. The next season, 2019, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, and now, now five years later, that starts the dynasty of the Chiefs. So literally, there was no like, oh, it's been ten years, yeah. and now that oh, there's a good team. Literally, the next year, now that we know this, the Chiefs started their dynasty, and it's, just and it's
0: crazy. And it's never guaranteed, but they're a defored offside penalty away from four, yeah, in six, yeah. You know, like I have full confidence they would have beat that Rams team. Yeah, um, it if they get in. to
1: three that game.
0: Yeah, I, I just well, think I'm, they I, will. This,
1: this could be completely wrong, but I'm under the belief still. I think. I just Losing don't know if you fire Bob Sutton.
0: That's true. If we had, it's hard to fire a coordinator if have won after we win Super Super the Super Bowl. Yeah. So would we have gotten true.
1: Spags? Maybe they still have. I don't know. but and, just knowing know, Spags history, has got to be, you know.
0: Spags has got to be considered one of the three greatest defensive coordinators of all time. I mean, he's got he's got what he's done with this Chiefs team and then he stopped the Patriots. Like yeah. he he's the one who can stop Tom Brady. That's yeah, it. So that's it's funny. just him.
1: And they already extended him like the 2 days after the oh, Super Bowl they gave yeah. oh, him a contract well, of extension. They did. Yeah,
0: he's going to be there for however long he wants to be there. So.
1: And he uh I was trying to find the stat, but he is now the first offensive or defensive coordinator in NFL history to win four Super Bowls.
0: Yep. Yep. I mean, That's he's, insane. He's easily all-time great coordinator. We have um, two Hall of Famers on our coaching staff. That's wild. And he won't be a head coach again. And I don't think he really wants to be. He tried. Yeah. It didn't really work out for him. He's back to being a yeah. coordinator. What he loves, and he's he's great at it. Uh, one last thing, I think, about the game specifically, and then I do kind of want to talk about just what happened at the parade a little bit because I think we need to address it. This was – Brock Purdy played pretty well. I I think that he didn't – you know, he didn't – I've heard people say the phrase he didn't do the extra credit, you know. He didn't push them over the edge. He was not at all the reason they lost. He was making a lot of tough throws in difficult spots. Um, And he was constantly being put in bad situations with penalties and and having to convert third and longs. Uh, I I thought he played well. I thought he took care of the ball, and I thought he did what – if you – if you were going in and you needed the 49ers to win, the p- performance you got out of Brock Purdy, you would have been confident that they can win the game like that. And they almost did. Yeah. I think he played really well. I, I don't know if he really proved anything to the people who still think he's not good, but I think he definitely proved he should be their starting quarterback. I mean, he played better than Garoppolo played. And yeah, I would, I would agree with that. So, I, yeah, I, he- I was I was impressed by the way that he hung in there. Yeah,
1: I was impressed, and he played good enough. Like you know, two two hundred fifty five yards, and he just had one touchdown, uh, but no turnovers, no picks, took care of the ball. Um, but like he wasn't good enough. I feel like just and when you're playing Mahomes, like it's kind of yeah. like it's kind of one of the I, I heard like an analyst almost say something like, "You know, you're against Mahomes, and you just like like kind of like in 2019 when Garoppolo missed that deep ball to Emmanuel Sanders." Like, you're just praying, like, we can just connect on something like that. Like, Mm -hmm. we can just pray we can capitalize on something, like a trick play or something, because we know that we're going to get Mahomes' best, and yeah, just didn't get that, you know? I mean, it's
0: the same way you felt about Brady. Yeah. You're like, this has to go perfectly. If it doesn't, and we give Tom Brady the ball back, it's done. Or if we intercept it,
1: we got the break, but there's a penalty, and then he just goes, chop, 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 touchdown, game over, you know? We had that opportunity, but he didn't make that mistake again. And he yeah, sure and
0: you thing, need you know. yeah you need breaks against Brady, and you did not get yeah. them. And you need breaks against Pat, and you don't get them. And it's over. So yeah, but I I think I think that um, people are gonna look at the stat line and be like, that's not very impressive from him twenty three for thirty eight. But he was making a lot of difficult throws. He was under pressure yeah. constantly in the fourth quarter, trying to figure out. I mean Spags has every every single. Man. Quarterback, we've played in the playoffs and just a mental pretzel trying to figure yeah. out where the blitzes are coming from. I thought Purdy played as well as anybody that the Chiefs yeah. played in the playoffs.
1: Well, he so. was even moving in the pocket. Like, there's a couple times he should have been sacked and he just slightly drifts left to right and the butcher misses mm-hmm. him just long enough for him to make a throw. And I was like, man, like I noticed that in game, like, man, he, he really is playing well. Yeah, he was playing and well. so I was really impressed. Um, Final thing, Nathan. Three <laughs> crazy, I'm crazy that I'm saying this right now. Chiefs have won three Super Bowls now with Mahomes. Which one's
0: been your favorite? First one. Yeah, still just uh, that. Like we it's hard to match. Factor. Like the feeling. Yeah. I never saw the end of the Damian Williams touchdown run. Um, I had to see it later because as soon as he broke and got past the first down line, you and me and everybody else at that Super Bowl party was sprinting outside, high fiving strangers. Um. <laughs> It, it, we just never thought we were going to be there. Now there is the level of expectation. I know I've said that we didn't think we were going to be there this year, and that's true, but like, there is a level of expectation with the Chiefs and playoff success. I, I, if you tell me when I'm 10, when I'm 12, or even when we drafted Pat, that we're going to win a Super Bowl, I, I wouldn't have believed you. I didn't think that was possible. I just yeah. never thought the Chiefs were going to do that. So I think it's really difficult for me for anything to match that first one. You know because it's just, I just never thought we were going to get there, and we yeah. did.
1: I probably would agree with you. I want to say this year, just to see all the pissy fans like, it's like we should,
0: <laughs> we you love should that. not, you love just feeding off the haters. Well, you especially when
1: it. it's like unwarranted, like, it's like it's when it's like, like, for no reason, hating, like, no backing or no facts, you're just hating. Um, because you hate women and Taylor Swift's a part of the team or whatever it is. Like the mm-hmm. chiefs had one of their worst teams in the Mahomes era and they really shouldn't have done it. They, they, they shouldn't have won and they did. And it's just fun to see like all these people and the analysts be wrong of like, now nah, this team doesn't have it. There's just no way they beat Josh, you know, Lamar finally gets his thing and Oh, the Niners finally get over it. Like, it's just kind of funny to see that of like, guys, that was our worst team and they still won. So you know you can take your comments and shove it you know so that was just <laughs> that true. was really funny to me but i would probably agree that that first 2019 was like wait we just won a super bowl i didn't think this was possible yeah i just in my I lifetime we you know and I, that's just 19 years for me my dad was like i've been waiting years for this you know and i'm sure your dad was the same way so yeah, yeah it's just awesome it's a cool place to be and i'm sure this won't be the last time um, but definitely whether it's next year or 11 years you know you just can't be too sure definitely try to enjoy this and uh enjoy it while
0: we can so mm-hmm. yeah I it's crazy i just uh cannot cannot comprehend ever being in this situation um and we are now so again just used to watch used to watch damon hewitt take snaps for this team guys so yeah, I don't want
1: to hear fans be like bleh, bleh. No. I watched Matt Castle and Todd Haley cuss each other out while we were down thirty, looking for a second win of the game in week twelve. Like second win of the year, sorry, in week twelve. Like I have seen bottom of the barrel we went, stuff. We, went, we had you know? Romeo
0: Cornell as the head coach we went to fourteen before we got Andy. Like it's crazy. Of
1: course, didn't he upset the Packers when we were like somehow he did. We, like He did. The Packers the were undefeated. undefeated. Packers.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, it just shows up in big moments, I guess. Peak of can Romo Canel's
1: yeah. coaching career right there.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. hundred um, percent. Okay. Let's talk about, unfortunately, let's talk about the parade a little bit. We don't have to do too long on this. I we don't, it's, we're not a nighttime news show, but I think you just have to mention it. Um it was announced today, two adults have been arrested and Connection with the, the shooting, the mass shooting that was at the parade um, and have been charged with second degree murder and armed criminal action and unlawful use of a weapon. Um, Lisa Lopez Galvin was the woman who was killed at the parade, um, more than almost two dozen injured from just numerous shots fired by multiple people in Union Station, after seemingly from an argument. Um, we've seen a couple of court documents have indicated that the argument was over why someone was staring at someone else um it just it just sucks that you know this is supposed to be the happiest day um in the city. everybody was like. David, I, and this is—I don't mean for this to sound like condescending or anything—but like I was here, like I know what it was like in Kansas City. I live in downtown Kansas City. I work in Kansas City. Like the mood and the like, the air—everybody was happier on Wednesday. Like everybody was yeah. really excited. Even if you weren't going to the parade, you were super excited to watch the speeches and the highlights from the parade and and see everything. And it was going to be a great day. And then and then it just becomes this. Like it ju- it just becomes the tragedy that happens at the parade. Because two adults and apparently a few teenagers, um, all we know about them is they're juveniles who are likely going to be charged um, as adults.
1: Well, I um, saw something interesting that the, the two charged were 18 and 22 year olds. So I don't know if that is false or if someone got mixed up. Maybe the juveniles were arrested for something else. I don't know exactly I the situation. Think
0: I think there; those are the other, the juveniles are actual juveniles. Their their ages have not been released yet. Still, yeah. um, it's just I, I have a couple of things I'll say. Um, first, if you ever like try to resolve an argument or a fight with a gun, you are soft and a coward and a terrible human being who shouldn't be allowed out in public. Um, the fact that this was. I mean, it, I'm, I'm so thankful that this wasn't a planned attack just because it could have likely been so much worse as if that's mm-hmm. going to provide comfort to the families of those who were, who were victimized by it. And the majority of – it should also be mentioned that yeah, there was a person killed, and the majority of people who were shot were children. Um, like the, and it was because two grown men and some teenagers got into an argument and had to flash weapons and start shooting at each other. Like just punch each other, you freaking morons! Like I yeah. don't understand how you have to involve everybody else in this, and then just the just the depths of depravity of the human condition to just fire off fire off firearms into into a crowded area over a staring contest. Like I just it amazes me every day how stupid people are.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I take this disgusting. with. The- take this with a grain of salt but I, I i almost wonder if i'm more upset that it was the shooting was because of that than if it would have been planned like that it was that just stupid and they got in a quote that this happened because quote they asked why the other was staring at them like just how like dumb, yeah. I, just how dumb can you be for that to happen it just it's so
0: infuriating and and uh, it's I, it's just it's another like we. Weird... are how can we, I, I don't want to make this like a political thing because I don't really have – I don't know. It's just how – I. Th- something is wrong. We have to fix this. We're the only country yeah. where this happens. We're the only country where this happens routinely over and over again. We're the only country that has all the time the number of mass shootings where I, I think a mass shooting is now qualified as three or more people um, killed or injured in gunfire. I think so, yeah we like if you put all the populations of every country in Europe they don't come close to the total that we have annually of mass shootings so is it is it americans are more homicidal by nature or is there something else that we're not fixing i would i would argue that it's something else that we're not fixing um but yeah. we're continuing to do nothing about it the, the i don't care if you I mean, I do care. I obviously have an opinion, one way or another. But clearly, what we're doing right now is wrong. So, can we can we do something? Like, can, yeah, can we point, stop this?
1: Like, I mean, it can't hurt. Like, let's just let's try something. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, like what's the worst that could happen? Like, the it, the worst that could happen is it just continues to happen the way it's happening. Yeah, but at least sense? you tried. You know? At least you made yeah. an effort.
0: Like The worst that you can do is not have it fix the problem, but at least you try to come up with a solution. It seems like we're not doing anything, and it's the same cycle that we see every single time one of these things happen. And by the way, I, another thing that really irritated me, and then this is maybe where we should just end it. There's a lot of people who are texting or tweeting or saying things like, Casey, we're better than this. No, Kansas City is not, and that's part of the problem. Um, Kansas city is routinely one has one of the top homicide rates of any city in the country. There is extreme poverty here. There is extreme violent crime here. Um, that's not like to fear monger and say that like, this is an awful place to live. Cause it's not, I've really enjoyed living in Kansas city, but to act like a gun crime of this nature in Kansas city is just something that Kansas city is not about and that we're better than it's not. And it's because nobody's offered solutions or people have not tried in good faith to fix the problems that are happening here, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I just, I just hope something gets done, but I don't, I don't think that, will. I, I would love for it too, but yeah, I don't think anybody's going to do anything.
1: I do think it should be noted. Um, every single, uh, person, um, was discharged from the hospital and is expected to make full recovery. Um, Most of them were from shootings and a couple of them were, I think they got like trampled. Trampled, yes. There were quite a few Um, that were trampled. But everyone uh, was released from the hospital and should make full recovery. Uh, And then guys like uh, Paul Contreras who tackled one of the guys running uh, and potentially saved more lives. Um, So there there are some, you know, unfortunately there's negatives, but there are some positives in the situation. And they interviewed Mm this, Paul and, you know, he said he heard someone say, like, that's the shooter, tackle him. And he's like, I didn't even think. I just ran and I jumped on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, other people joined, and his wife grabbed the gun that fell out. And so, like, there are, like, good people. And the, I, I don't know what I would have done that situation. But thankfully, people mm-hmm. didn't hesitate. They didn't freeze up, and they, they made that decision that probably either saved lives or at least was able to catch, you know, the, one of the people that did that. So that is really cool yeah. to see that.
0: And he just – You've seen we've I've seen quite a few stories. Andy Reid helped pick up a player uh, pick up a kid off the ground and like comfort him. Trey Smith gave they were in a closet with uh, a couple of Chiefs players were in a closet with some people who were just at the parade and there were a bunch of young kids and they were really scared and Trey Smith gave a kid like a championship belt. Um, that he was holding, and like told the kid he was going to make it, and everything was going to be okay. Like, there's been some heartwarming stories that have come out of this, but that we shouldn't have to have those. And nothing. The, the, Lisa Lopez Galvin went to a parade to to celebrate her hometown team winning a Super Bowl. She was a local radio DJ. She woke up that morning to go to a parade and have fun, and a bunch of idiots got into an argument and started shooting, and now. Are, their family doesn't have a daughter or a mother. And that's just, mm-hmm. it's just disgusting. And anybody out there that's, I, I i will have no arguments. I will hear nothing of, um, well, that's just why you need more law enforcement in those areas. This was the most law enforcement that could have ever been in a single area in Kansas City ever. And the cops did their jobs, but they can't prevent everything. Mm-hmm. But there's over 250, like 300 kansas city police officers there's state troopers there's federal agents there there is that is the most secure that area is ever going to be and this still happens so that's not that's not going to help stop this we have to do something else we have to
1: yeah yeah even i I think i even saw something there were i want to say 800 armed um, officers deputies troopers present. and they
0: and they reacted quickly and and a lot of them made sure that this was not a situation that could have been drastically worse. Um, But clearly that's not going to stop anybody from doing one of these things. I mean, when you have near a thousand armed officers and this something like this still happens, you know, that's not the only solution. We have to do something else. We have to try. So.
1: Yeah. All
0: right, David, let's take a little, let's take a little break here and then we'll come back with, with what we're going to end the show on. Okay. All right. Theodore Jameson Purcell, a man who loves Excel sheets, gave us a a great idea in our in our group chat from college um, that at the end of every show, we should just it's called What Do You Want to Watch? So we should just say that the best thing that we watched over the past week or in this case, two weeks, it can be a TV show, movie, music video, TikTok, anything. Just the best thing that you watched. So, David, what was the best thing you watched since the last time we recorded a podcast? Mm, Aside from the just, Chiefs winning the Super Bowl,
1: since the last time we recorded a podcast, <laughs> so then a couple of weeks, not just not just a week. Yeah, okay, I, I, this I can work week. with that. So that would have been just for so you know since the sixth of February. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, I was gonna say the Super. That's the Super Bowl is cheating because um, that is definitely the answer. Um, let me think. I'm just thinking back through. Different things that I've watched. I'm gonna go a different route because the the easy thing and what I was about to do was just go on my letterbox and choose a movie, which is fine. Like that's uh, you know that's not an issue at all. I'm gonna go different for my first answer to this question ever. I'm really excited for a Quiet Place Day One.
0: Oh, the trailer! Oh, we're going to the trailer.
1: I saw that trailer on the big screen. You know, at the home I was at for the year Bowl and i'm just so excited um and there's some there's some new actors uh inter- being introduced into this movie and uh some good actors um and i just i really think it's going to be very very good so i'm excited to see it we were both talking i don't think we expected it to come out this year but looks like that that's the plan 2024 and so uh i'm excited man i really if it's like anything like the first two movies we're going to be very happy with it so that's that's my answer
0: yeah I think that's. Um, I I knew you were gonna go there, and I think that that's a. Yeah, that's that's an obviously it was one of the more exciting trailers I saw during. There's so many trailers during the Super Bowl that I were just like, five seconds, and it was like, see the full trailer online. I was like, no, just show it to me here. I don't.
1: Yeah, they used not, to just
0: show the full thing. I'm not going to Twitter. Like, just show me the trailer, whatever. But I I really am excited about A Quiet Place Part One much more than I'm excited about Imaginary um or i whatever the other uh, John Krasinski movie is with yeah. the imaginary friends i'm not gonna lie that doesn't look good to me but mm-hmm. i'm hoping um, um
1: this is interesting it is directed by Michael Sarnosky, uh the first one that's not directed by John but yeah. John is a writer and he is the main main writer and main producer so he's yeah, definitely he, going to be he's involved. Heavily involved
0: but i think that he had another directorial project and so he was going to pass this off it seems like he wants to make this a pretty expanded universe um, so I'm just, when are we going to get in part three though? When are we getting the proper part three? Cause we kind of ended on a cliffhanger at the end of part two. So
1: yeah, it's on letterboxd. It's the third film in John Krasinski's quiet place trilogy. We got Emily Blunt, uh, Millicent Simon's Simmons. Simmons. I was like, ah, I'm going to mess that up. And then, uh, Noah Joop, J- mm. Joopy, Joop. Yeah. Probably Joop. No, nope, It's jupe. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, but there's no date on it, so no date on it. So, yeah. Uh, what about you? What was your what was the favorite thing you watched in the last two weeks?
0: All right. I'm gonna give you two answers because one's incredibly depressing, and so um, I just I just want to give you two. One is a movie traditionally, um, and so I watched the Zone of Interest, which is mm. Jonathan Glazer's film that is nominated for best picture. Um, I had, had been out like released for a couple of months, but there was no opportunity for me to see it where I lived. And so I saw that it was playing. Um, and after a long day of work, uh, I went and watched uh the zone of interest. I can't in I mean, I can recommend this movie. Um, it's easily one of the best movies I've seen all year. Um, it's also possibly the most harrowing movie I've ever seen in my life. Um the the film is about um the leader of Auschwitz the the head officer at Auschwitz um and his family who live just outside the walls of the camp and it's almost like a day in the life essentially i mean there's some he moves uh, he gets promoted and and shifted around a couple of times and ends up in a different place by the end of the movie um but it's about their lives just living outside the camp of Auschwitz And just the callousness and the coldness and you can see things in the background. I don't think this is a spoiler for the movie, but you can see like the smoke and you can hear gunshots and screams in the background. And this family is just going about their normal lives. They're, you know, sitting Mm -hmm. down for dinner and they're talking about, and they, they just have casual like conversations about stealing clothes from Jewish people in the camps who are being annihilated and, it's it's the way that they depict it. It's it's such a just a cold, like straightforward look at like the banality of evil, how brutal and awful fascism is, and and it doesn't try to do what a lot of other Holocaust movies have done and good ones like Schindler's List. And you know, there's no like dramatic um, music. There's no attempt in any part of this movie to be uplifting, in, in the slightest sense, there's none of that. Um, it's, it was one of the most impactful movies I've ever seen in my life and something I don't know if I'll ever rewatch again. That's um, really
1: interesting. Cause that's even like a different take than I've ever seen. Like, you know, right. Holocaust or media take TV show movie. I've never, I've never heard. Normally of this, they're like, about survivors side. and there's at least yeah.
0: some level of hope and you're um, in this, it. this movie does not have any level of hope mm. in it. Um, and everything is just cold and examining and i think that the the what the director is trying to say is like the, there is no light to this this is dark this is just the absolute depths of humanity this is the worst thing you can do um and we often forget that and time forgets that and i think that's part of the reason why you made this and i'm sure there are others as well but i think you should i think people should see it um But I, I'm not gonna like tell you to go out. And it's not a, it's not a fun movie to watch. Obviously, it's not like a Friday night movie to turn on. It's
1: not a family movie.
0: No. Um, If you're interested in in that period of history, particularly, you might find it interesting because the family is based on real people. Um, But uh, that was that was the quote unquote like best most well made thing that I saw. Um, The other thing that I'm going to mention. Um, aside from that is, is, um, the best thing that I saw, I didn't see this for the first time I watched it again, but I've been rewatching, uh, the West wing just to have something on whenever I am doing stuff around the house, um, or I'm, I'm bored and have 40 minutes and, you know, can't start a movie or something. And so I just, I've just been watching that and I just forgot how good that show was. It's it's so good. If you haven't seen it, it's a show written by Aaron Sorkin, um, that is just about the, like, I guess it's an ideal depiction of the executive branch and the president and his staff. And what happens if you have people that are in the White House that actually genuinely care about doing the most good for the most people. And uh, the show is not in any way realistic, um, but it's incredibly um, witty. It's, it's funny. It's It's gripping. I just really enjoy it. So it's yeah. been nice to have like a comfort thing on. Um, So, I've been watching that and I'm really enjoying it.
1: I didn't know this, but uh, Matthew Perry is actually in The West Wing.
0: He's in like two episodes. At, yeah,
1: really. Okay, I was looking at his like, you know, filmography and yeah, he's in like um, two episodes. And he, so he kind of makes a like a special. There's a lot of that. And...
0: You you see a lot of that in The West Wing. There's a lot of like anybody that was famous, like a famous TV slash maybe even small famous movie actor in that time mm-hmm. makes like an appearance as as a side character in wonder... The West Wing. I wonder if it was kind
1: of that time period because Friends does that a lot too. Like, you, I just yeah. never know who's gonna show up—show up, Bruce Willis or think, Sean Penn or was Brad Pitt. More Pitts. common,
0: for them you know, to like, do, like
1: like cameos. Yeah. And of course, the crowd starts cheering, and you're like, "Oh, that's a famous person." Or yeah, yeah. so um, a couple of them, you know, I didn't recognize, but the crowd was cheering. I'm like, so that probably is a famous person, you know, if they're mm-hmm. clapping and stuff. But it's mm-hmm. just interesting—you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. Hey, I'll give a second one because you did. Okay. I gotta, Go I on. gotta throw my old pal, buddy, old pal Oppenheimer in there. Watched it for a fourth time.
0: <laughs> how does it play? How does it play on the TV? I, I'm genuinely curious.
1: I thought I was gonna blow my speaker. It's just, it's not the same though. But uh, it's funny. I, I'm not gonna say that. That'd be embarrassing. I don't wanna expose myself. I no, was like, you got no. You
0: have to now. You have. I was to like say two it.
1: feet from the TV, like arms crossed, like watching it. Not even sitting down. Like for the, uh, for the <laughs> Trinity test. Like, I stood up the whole entire scene.
0: You're such a stander. You're such my a stander.
1: My heart, the fourth time, my heart's still, like, beating, and it goes quiet, you know, and it's like, and then I, I've seen it four times now, and I forget that the sound comes eventually, and it, like, I jump a little bit, I'm like, dang, that's, I know it's my TV, but that's still, like, it, it is effective, but I'll never forget that IMAX just,
0: Yeah, just pounding, just pounding you, yeah.
1: Blowing you into your seat, just throwing yeah. you back, so... I gotta, I gotta throw that out there. And I watched it with subtitles. I was like, I'm just curious. We'll see if I like missed anything. And there were a couple things. I was like, oh, that's what that said, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, just a very, it's a very uh. Oh, I'm forgetting the writer that you love. But it's a very what what's Sorkin. You have a, you have a yeah. It's yeah, a very it's Sorkin-like movie where yeah. it's like. There's so much of, dialogue and it's fast paced and you you gotta catch up. You gotta stay kind of. up. Yeah.
0: Which is why I was like I think I was more engaged in that than I have been in, in other Nolan movies. So I was like, hey, this is he's not as good as Sorkin, nobody is. And that and that style of dialogue. But that movie was incredibly okay, gripping, right. I think. And yeah. And especially like the editing. I just keep thinking about how well edited that movie is, which sounds like such a boring thing to point out. But like that they made the first two hours as entertaining as they did. Just like yeah. cutting back and forth between things and different timelines. And and you're able to still keep pr- pretty straight what's going on. And you're able to be engaged in the scientific experiment that in some ways is not very cinematic. Like it doesn't really lend itself, you know? And yeah. the Trinity test obviously is, but other parts aren't. So also congrats on Oppenheimer winning best picture. I'm just going to say that now. because you think to. it will? Uh, it's absolutely going to. It's going to win like seven Oscars. Um, I guess, it's be I guess really it has
1: won in every other major it's going to Best Picture.
0: I don't really think there's, unless something really wild happens in the last like two weeks. Um, I don't know exactly when the Academy votes. um, But yeah, I think Oppenheimer's kind of a shoe in to win Best Picture. So,
1: in the top three, there's Critics' Choice, there's the BAFTAs, and there's what's the one more?
0: The Well, the Globes probably would be the other one. Globes. That you would I know to. they,
1: so RDJ got Supporting Actor, it got Best Composing, Best Editing best director and best picture they like cleaned mm-hmm. all those five and then there's a couple like others like here and there that they got uh, i man he may not get it i really want killian to get his first oscar and i think it's so deserving he's like in 75 percent of this movie which is so hard to do especially he's in very movie this
0: capacity he's very good giamatti is also very good though i, I think yeah. giamatti was excellent in the holdovers um so I, I know he was. Good. I I, I too, would you know. I would prefer if Killian won, um, but I think that there's also like there's Academy politics and and Giamatti is like a old stalwart of of a lot of like he's been a character actor for a long time has been a much beloved actor in a lot of important independent movies and important like Oscar movies and and things of that nature. So it's possible that it goes to him, but uh, Oppenheimer is going to do very well at the Oscars.
1: Um, yeah, I'm excited. So.
0: It's gonna. It's gonna. And we be can. Uh, we can. We'll
1: preview, now, preview that. Yeah, this is our, yeah. our last, probably our last sports uh, pod until at least March Madness. We might talk a little bit, but definitely next week we'll kind of start maybe talking about movies mm-hmm. that week or the week following because the Oscars are March 10th. We might. We'll preview and go a little more in depth on the Oscars. Yeah, I'll talk about it. Um, so you know, just, they're very. Uh, I was really trying to way to tie in the Will Smith event in a very pun way, and I just can't think of something.
0: Um, I'll
1: say instead of gripping, like it's very slapping, but that just doesn't make sense.
0: No, I think you could just say... Um, i knock you
1: off your socks. Knock you out, or,
0: uh, I'm going to keep the Oscars name on my mouth until then, though. Mm, there you go. So, it's okay. Go. It's okay. We all... Try it. There's here's just a series of entanglements that you were in that prevented yeah. you from, from being able to... <laughs> fully do that so
1: was that last year or has that been two years now
0: it's two years now that's right because
1: everything everywhere yeah that's right okay wow. yeah it's, it kind of feels like it was just last year doesn't it for some reason
0: yeah, yeah it's the time's weird i don't know like if i feel like it was like so soon like top gun maverick coming out feels so soon and for some reason to me my brain is like Avatar 2 came out five years ago and it came out like a year and a half ago or not even, it came out like last mm-hmm. December and I'm like, oh my gosh, Avatar 2 is so old already. I don't know. My brain just doesn't work properly, I don't think. That's actually one movie I'm surprised I've not rewatched. It's three and a half hours. I'm not surprised. Well, yeah, That's fair. This is, that's it's a not point. a... Also another, like I think it loses something on a TV, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, I think we can talk about this off air, I guess. But two weeks is the first pod after Dune drops, so I guess maybe next week we could talk Oscars, then talk Dune, and then that next week would be reviewing what happened at the Oscars. That's crazy. Yeah. That's that close. So yeah, something like that maybe.
0: Yeah, that works. So
1: exciting. I want to. I want to start talking about Dune, but we we got to save it. We we can save that for. I that just pod. Re-
0: I rewatched it. Ah, oh, my gosh, it's it's. I, good. it's
1: Shamalama, Shamalama Ding Dong is really good in that, bro.
0: I don't like that you're calling him that, but it's okay. That's yeah, fine. So, on that note, <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> bye. Uh, this has been the Super Bowl um, reaction show, straight out of Missouri. Uh, Nathan and David have been talking about it. Chiefs with another one. Kind of hard to believe. Life is good right now. So enjoy it, Chiefs fans. We'll talk to y'all later.